Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Today for me marks seven years to the day where I uh, suffered a heart attack. I thought I'd just had an asthma attack, drove myself, or tried to drive myself alone to the hospital. My daughter jumped in the car on the way and as I was pulling out the driveway and started praying for me, I thought I was having an asthma attack. It turned out I was having a heart attack. And when the doctor said to me about 7am that morning after hours of tests, you've suffered a major heart attack. We want to transfer you to Fiona Stanley Hospital, but we can't because we do not have a pump to keep you alive. My world slowly but surely just caved into that one moment. I thought, oh my goodness. I thought a lot of things, holy macaroni, fudge bars, fiddlesticks, a whole bunch of things. Uh, but I got to that moment. Oh, this can't be real, but it was. And then followed a journey of healing, recovery, and a whole bunch of other things. Today I stand here with two and a half years, the other side of doctors saying, because uh, I chose to go the journey of pharmaceutical, medicine, and natural, but I wanted to get off those pills that they said I was going to be on for the rest of my lives. Today I can tell you that two and a half years ago, my doctor, under doctor's supervision, I came off all pharmaceutical drugs and got the all clear with a, um, yeah. With, doctor, with my doctor saying, do you realise you now have less than 1% chance of a repeat event as a result of the health, fitness, diet journey that you've done? Incredible, don't you think? But let me tell you what it took. It took me focusing my life on faith that only God could provide. We started a series a couple of weeks ago called Strong Faith. I want to continue it today. And I'm not one for recaps, but I might do some reminders today so that we can understand that faith does not make things easy. Faith makes things possible. Sometimes the best thing you can do is have faith that everything will work out for the best and that true peace comes from knowing that God is in control. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me just reinforce this. God is in control, but He's not controlling. So I'm sorry about your religious thoughts. It doesn't matter. Kesarasarad, it doesn't matter. God is in control. Yeah, He's in control, but He's not controlling. He's not controlling what's going on in your world today. In fact, a lot of other people are. But at the end of the day, He is in control. Strong faith is built, not bought. It's not inherited, it's developed. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. And so right now, can I bring us all into this moment and say, if we can get our focus on Jesus, if we can get our focus on faith in God, if we can get our focus in the right direction, we will see the results that we are hoping for. The Bible says very clearly that if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap from the Spirit. The first, you'll reap death. The second, you'll reap life. Thank you for your positive response to that. (laughs) We've got to focus on what's possible. Luke 18, 27, Jesus says, what is impossible for people is possible with God. We've got to focus on the principles of faith. Can I give you a reminder from last week at the first three things that we looked at, what we need to build strong faith. And the first thing we looked at is resistance. 
You know, resistance is not something that you really enjoy when you walk into the gym. Resistance is not something that you enjoy when you're training for a marathon. Resistance is not something you enjoy in many areas of life, but it's the one thing that will cause you to grow. When it comes to faith, as you raise your standards, you'll increase your faith. But if you lower your standards, you will deplete your faith. And as followers of Christ, we have to be constantly on this journey as I'm going to raise my standards. I'm going to raise my standards of giving, not just my standard of living. I'm going to raise my standard of righteousness and my standard of love. I'm going to love like we heard around communion to that place where I can carry that kind of mercy that would run to a prodigal instead of point at a prodigal with an accusing finger. Resistance was the first thing. The second thing was repetition. We looked at repetition. You know, if you sow once, you'll reap a little, but if you sow often, often, you'll reap always. And I'm not just talking about in the financial zone. It works in forgiveness. It works in confession. It works in sowing. Listen, if you're making your confession of faith once a month, you'll get once a month results. But if you make your confession of faith on a daily basis and sometimes over and over again on the same day, you know what? You're gonna get those kinds of results coming back to you. It, it, it works in repetition concerning stepping out of the comfort zone. I don't know about you, but at my phase stage of life, I don't know if it's midlife or almost over life. I don't know, I don't know anymore. But at my phase of life, stepping out of the comfort zone is so much more difficult than it was a decade or two or three ago. But when it comes to faith, the God kind of faith, stepping out of your comfort zone needs to be something that we do on a regular basis. We looked at reward and the reality is that God wants to reward you for your faith. He wants to reward you for your diligence. The Scripture says in Timothy that the hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labour. And it's okay to get the reward, don't you think? Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. But you know what? Today I want to look at just one more point, if that's okay. Instead of rolling out three or four, I want to look at this one point of responsibility because we must get to the place where we realise, like my journey after the heart attack, I had to take responsibility for where I wanted to go physically with health into the future. No one else could do it for me. I couldn't rely on the pharmaceutical provision. I couldn't rely on just a consult from a doctor. I had to take full responsibility. James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, there's that word again, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For your endurance is for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. King David found himself in a position where he was under fire from every angle. His energy was depleted. He was falling apart. And then we captured this one verse in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6. It says, David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. 
in the Lord. Faith is your responsibility. It isn't God's responsibility, your pastor's responsibility or your partner's responsibility. Faith is your responsibility. The only one who can guarantee that you will enjoy a strong faith is you. Feeding your faith is seed. Hearing it again and again is how you water the seed and build your faith. You know what? We put burglar alarms on our homes and on our vehicles. But what kind of alarm do you put on your soul? What did I say? Burger? What did I say? Help me out. You all thought burger because someone else sowed that thought. I did not say burger. It is on the internet archive. You can go back and listen. And if I'm wrong, (laughs) I'll put my hand up. While we're on that thought, it's at the end of the notes, but let's do it now. I'm I'm not much of a movie buff. I like to watch movies, but I'm terrible with actors and terrible with remembering the plot, but I enjoy some. There was one by Will Smith. I think it came out in 2015. The movie was called Focus. He was a con artist and in a very kind of underworld kind of zone and he was about to rip off a whole organisation and one of the things he did in that movie was he would use subconscious seeding. Do you remember it? For those of you that seen it, And at the critical point in the movie, uh, I think it was his girlfriend had to choose a certain number, but it was all a setup. Even though she had a bunch of numbers before her that she could choose, he had already over days and time sewn the number that she needed to choose into her mind. So that when the critical moment came, she would choose a number that she thought was hers, but subconsciously had been seeded into her mind on the back of buses, on signposts, on gridiron players, jumpers, everywhere he could, he sewed the number. It's interesting because that's how the enemy works. He sows these distractive thoughts subconsciously and gets you to a place where you choose that thing thinking it's your choice, but you've just been sold a lie by the enemy. And today I wanna remind you that it is up to us to focus on the Word of God. So the things that we're sowing in our life, the choices that we're making have not been sown into us by some con artist in the spirit world. Con artist, that would work, eh? Thank you, Jesus. That was a Freudian slip, I promise. (laughs) Smile for the camera. Con artist, promise. We put burglar alarms on our vehicles and hopes. But what kind of alarm do you put on your soul? because that's the only thing the devil is after. Jesus, help me, I'm trying to dig my way out. (laughs) Let me say it to you another way, will you deal with the dirt? (laughs) I, I like making this statement, only dirty people wash. Only dirty people wash. None of you feel bad right now because hopefully you had a shower before you came today. Or maybe today's not your day for a shower, but anyway. (laughs) But here's the thing, you know, often people say, why is there so much evil in the world? How can I deal with the unbelief? How can I deal with the doubt? But come with me for a moment on this journey. If the Word of God is water and doubt is dirt and faith is soap, you've got to understand today, the problem in your world and your walk of faith today is not the dirt, 
but the lack of application of water and soap. The problem in our world today is not the evil that's going on, it's the lack of application of the thing that will remove evil from our world. And when we talk about the world, we really just need to simply talk about our hearts because it gets in, someone sows that seed, that con artist comes in and sows that thing of dirt and doubt. So today, can I remind you, Ephesians 5 and verse 26 says, referring to the church to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. The Greek literally says, washed by water with the Word. If we will focus on the fact that God has provided us with the spiritual water, which is the Word of God, the spiritual soap, which is faith, then we will live a life that is clean and holy before God, but also in a place of great belief in every one of the principles that He gives to us. There is no lack of soap or water to deal with the dirt. Here's one of the problems. We are looking for someone else to wash it away. Infants are washed by their parents, not adults. And so as we look at that today, we need to recognise that on this journey of faith that we're on, this moment that we are in, that strong faith ends up being our own personal responsibility. When I started that journey of recovery, I started going to the gym in a serious manner. I thought I was serious before. I got serious after the heart attack. And I started the journey and a friend that I hadn't seen for years started at the same time and we just went on and did our journey. Two, three years down the track, I didn't see him much, but about three years into the journey, I bumped into him and he kind of went, hey, what are you doing? What do you mean? He says, you got my body, I want it back. Obviously some things had changed in mine and not in his. But isn't that the nature of humanity? That he says, that's not fair, that's my body, I want it back. The reality is there was nothing magic about signing up for the membership. There was nothing magic about actually going. The magic came in five days a week, repetition, resistance, time after time, it made a transformation. I'm trying to give you a picture of what your faith could look like. If you just got into the zone where you took on the focus of the principles of faith that says there must be resistance. Don't think that that resistance that's in your world today is some kind of evil plan to take you off track. Maybe actually it's a plan of God to say, you know, I know that you're up for this. You can do this thing. You are up to the task. You can pass the test, engaged in the resistance. But then realise that there's gonna be a repetitive cycle in that. And that repetitive cycle will give you a reward but we've got to come to the place of responsibility that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We've got to leave behind the things that don't work. One of the other thoughts is repentance from dead works, turning away from dead works. Scripture talks about it in Hebrews where it says we've got to repent, turn away from dead works, get rid of the things that aren't working. Could I suggest what some of those things might be? Mindless hours surfing the internet, YouTube or podcasts. Crafted posts that depict the life you wish you had. Spiritual window shopping to replace authentic Bible study and devotion to God. 
We've got to understand that these things have become modern day horoscopes, tarot cards, gossip magazines. It's interesting that I can remember my grandmother having little side remarks at my grandfather because he spent too much time at the breakfast. (laughs) You guys are naughty. I don't think I actually said that. It was the breakfast table. Jesus, help me. He spent too much time at the breakfast table reading the newspaper. I'm safe. Wind the clock forward 50 years. Now we have other things to bring distractions and to sow thoughts that we thought were God, but really aren't. We have other things to distract us to massage our self-esteem in some way or mask our lack of self-esteem. And what they really do is stop us giving that time and attention to the one thing that can make the difference. God will never let you down. His Word works, but it only works for those who work it. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Only dirty people wash. But here's the truth. We're all dirty. And we've got to deal with the doubt. We've got to deal with the sin. We've got to deal with the weakness. We've got to deal with, see, it works on every level. And that's the power of God's Word. It has the ability to give you a brand new start where you thought it was not possible. Can I pray with you? Father, thank you that in this moment we've laughed. We've been shocked. We've had revelation, had a bunch of stuff. But ultimately, God, we've come today to bring our lives before You. We don't come to bring them to the foot of the cross. We've done that as we've committed our lives to You. But we come to now look to You, to bring our focus to You in every area of our life. God, I pray that today would be a brand new start for every single person, whether that's in their daily walk with you, their times of devotion, in a relationship, in a faith project, that God, today would be a day of hope and expectation that you cause things that are impossible to become possible. God, we're reminded that all things are possible with God. And so today, we allow our hearts to settle on the peace of understanding that you are in control in Jesus' name. You know, I was never really good at this when my kids were at school, but I know my kids are just great parents compared to what I was on this stuff and other things. But you know, your child comes home with a school project 
And when they came home with that project in mind, they had a plan and a vision and a dream to make it happen. And, and they asked you to help. You know, the Scripture says that um, uh, a man's heart determines his path, but the Lord directs the steps. It's really interesting when you think about that story of a school project done by a child that they come home and they ask you for the help because in their mind, they know what they want to create, but they don't have the ability to create it without the help of their parent. In our faith walk, it's a lot like that. Your heart determines the direction, but God determines the steps. If you do it with Him, it'll work out better than you ever imagined. You try and do without Him, you're going to fail that project. And that is the walk of faith. There's all these other thoughts on the, on the horizon right now about what the future looks like for you. But can I say to you, bring back the focus to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the developer of your faith, and He will walk with you and cause that thing to be created better than you could ever do it on your own. I've met a lot of self-made men and quite frankly, they don't impress me because they're self-made. We are god made people and that's always been His plan Thanks for listening to this message, we hope it has blessed you, if you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church visit awakencity.com.au